Welcome folks to Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense. In this episode, I got to talk to my old shipmate and boat groupie, Jenny Halland. This was a wonderfully joyful interview with one of my dear soul shipmates. Jenny and I talk about what we call the family, which was our first crew on the Lady Washington. We also talk about our first experiences on boats and how they can be indirectly traced back to the Playboy Mansion Halloween party. We also recount fun parties, life-changing events, and decisions on the ships. And lastly, she surprises me with a revelation that made me blush. I hope you enjoy the friendly banter back and forth between old two shipmates in this wonderful interview. So what got you into boats? What got you into becoming... Because you... Um, well, how would you even label yourself? Are you a tall ship sailor? Are you I, a... Like, like what are you? In I your still mind? Call, yeah. I, I still call myself a sailor, or at least a former sailor. But I, I identify as being a tall ship sailor. And so mm-hmm. when I am on a small boat or a larger boat or a motorized boat, uh, and I'm unfamiliar with this, that, or the other, a common excuse is, well, I sailed tall ships, not, I'm less savvy with (laughs) this vessel, (laughs) if it is very different. So, no, but I do still consider myself at least a former tall ship sailor. Yeah, I I got into it, um, Nate Williams was, uh, (laughs) Nate Williams, was at a renaissance fair (laughs) and my best friend since we were five years old mandy hillig uh saw this handsome fellow and brought him over to our guild encampment and and said he followed me home can i keep him (laughs) that sounds very red fair (laughs) and so he joined our guild did he have a neck beard at the time no. Because he had an incredible neck beard at one point. I remember yes. that. That was like this, like tall ship famous. Tall it, ship unity famous neck beard. <laughs> yeah. That came a little bit later. Okay. So, okay, so be, just, just trying to paint the picture here. I was yep. this handsome gentleman. <laughs> handsome gentleman. So uh, so I got to know him through Ren Fairs and uh, and he tell he was living way far out, way, way, way far out from where I was in Los Angeles. And uh, he called and said, hey, do you want to catch dinner sometime? I said, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I jumped on this tall ship, the Lady Washington. And, and I'm, uh, which there's more parts to it, but they're important. <laughs> and he said, and through the tall ships, I'm volunteering at the Playboy Mansion to help build their uh their big halloween thing the apparently the guy who runs it uh hires tall ship sailors every year because he knows that they're they can do hard work work long hours be super grateful to be fed three meals a day (laughs) and work for less than a standard contractor and be happy with it so uh they're the perfect perfect person for this sort of thing oh and they tend to be of a certain moral um leaning to where they can handle being at the playboy mansion and not get themselves arrested (laughs) or be incredibly inappropriate so uh he was driving something stupid like 
two hours there and back, there and back, every night. And he tells me this over dinner. For, and it, for the Playboy Mansion? For, for the, the Playboy Mansion. He was going back and forth for the entire month of September. Wow. And, but he was getting off work at like, it, it settled out to like two to three hours of sleep each night. <laughs> And I'm like, Nick, you're... Which is also a tall ship trait. Which is also a tall ship trait. And I was like, Nick, you're going to die. You should definitely crash on my couch because where I was going to college was only a half hour from the mansion. So throughout the month, he regaled me with tales of being at sea and of being in places with no Facebook and no MySpace. No, nobody on their computers, nobody on their phones, just talking to humans together in the foxhole and sharing meals together. And, and I looked at him and I said, Nick, you're a lying sack of shit. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Absolutely not. Like, I don't believe you. And he's like, no, it really is that good. And I'm like, people don't have adventures on the high seas anymore. That's not true. And he's like, go and see it yourself. Well, she was in the Bay Area. She was in San Francisco at the time. This lady. Lady Washington. The lady Washington. Outside of uh, the, well, man, the car wash. At the car wash. Was that the Crab Shack? Yeah. Oh, that was Sack. That was Old Town Sack. Oh, Old Town Sack. She was at Old Town Sack. And so I said, who of my friends would drive six hours to go visit a boat I don't actually believe exists, Samantha Dinsmore, uh. <laughs> who I knew through Job's Daughters. Okay. So I was like, hey, Sam, you're in between jobs. Do you want to take a six-hour trip with me to go see a make-believe boat that Nate that Nick says he's on? Sure. So we. Oh, so it was Nick Williams. Nick Williams. Okay. I, I heard Nate. I, like, oh, I know, I'm sorry. I know Did Nate. I say Nate? Yeah, Nate. Oh, dang uh, it. Who had a neck beard. No, Nate. Nate had a glorious neck beard. Nick, Nick Williams, Williams is huge. Nick Williams. Oh, big, yeah. Big yep. Nick who always is like, oh yep. my gosh, he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you can imagine oh, every every night for a he month. He was a giant at the Red Fair. I remember oh, yeah. he played a giant. Yeah, yep. a huge guy. So every, every night for a month, he would tell me like, Oh, lady stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He could weave it. It was Absolutely. love stories. So I fell in yeah. love with the lady through Nick Williams' stories about her, mm-hmm. but I still didn't believe she existed. <laughs> so I get in the car, and I drive six hours with Sam, Doom Fairy, <laughs> before she became Doom Fairy, on up to Old Town Sack, and we got there uh, just as the crew had was finishing up cleaning the deck and they were about to release for the night. Release. That's a great way to put it. Release the sailors. (laughs) Unleash them upon the landsmen. Yes. Yes. Yep. (laughs) And and I parked the car and I was feeling a little bit nervous because he, you know, he'd really kind of built it up a bit. Yeah. And I turned the corner and there she was tied up to the dock and just with the moon just right and the lights on the dock lighting up the side of her hull, I was, it was just, I was breathless. It's like, oh my God, she's real. And there's like people on her. <laughs> like, 
And I have never had love at first sight for a man. Mm. Never. <laughs> but I had love at first sight for that boat. I just something just magical about her. And I thought, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And this means that everything Nick said was true. And I don't even know how to handle that. So well, one could argue if we call it a she, I mean, maybe, you know, just say it. Like, maybe. <laughs> yep. Love at first sight with a lady. I don't know. Love yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I yeah, love at first sight with her, too. Is that funny? Yeah. Okay. So lady was your first boat. Lady then. was my first. All right. And so uh, um, Kevin McKee was captain. Yeah. And he and JB was mate. And, uh, so you were there before I was, because because JB and the others they took off to deliver Chieftain from the East Coast. I arrived four days after they left. Okay, so you arrived before I did, you but I didn't him. stay. Right. So Kevin McKee uh, invited us out to the bar. They were headed up to the bar, and they're like, "Hey, a friend of Nick's, a friend of ours, come <laughs> on in." And then yeah. everyone was so welcoming and kind and just got along so well and so inclusive that I was like, I have, I have to make this happen. <laughs> like now I know why Nick, Nick got on because he saw them at a dock, went for a day sale. They said, do you want to stay on? And he just stayed on, didn't tell his family, <laughs> told no one, oh, just peaced out. His sister called me. Have you seen Nick? Yeah, missing person. No, have you? <laughs> like, panic. Finally, somebody asked him, like, does anybody know you're here? And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe when we get to port, I should let somebody know. So <laughs> I was starting to make sense now how he could just hop aboard and not look back. And I was in my fifth year of college. Uh, I had, it was taking me an extra long time, and I was burned out. So I was like, this, this is what I need. So I switched after that weekend, went home, switched all my classes to online classes. I had like three left, wow. put all my stuff in a storage unit and peaced out. And this is 2005. This would have been end of 2005, right? Because I got on I was, November 6, 2005. That's why I hopped on Lady. No, I hopped in um, March 2006. So I went, I met the Lady. I followed her. I tried to do the application okay. process for a okay. two-week volunteer. Got it. Got it. Okay. I, I had to sort my stuff out. Okay. Samantha, however, was like, oh, there isn't necessarily room right now on this one, but there is room on Hawaiian Chieftain, and I'll become crew if I do some work on her in San Pedro. I'm in. So Sam, who was in between jobs, jumped on Hawaiian Chieftain right away, right when she came back from the East Coast. So as soon as she hit San Pedro, Got it. she joined that crew okay. to get her ready to sail. But you were there when, when I first hopped on Lady. I remember that. Because... Very shortly after. Okay. Yeah. I think February or March. Yeah, it was either February or March. But I hopped on in... Nope, forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> south of South of Sacramento. South Sacramento, all right. Yeah, I mean, there's... Wait, in the Bay Area, or was it, it was no. in the Monterey area? I, no. 
It's gone. Down, so we, all right. Gone from my memory. Anyhow. <laughs> it's all right. But yeah. All the know. ports, they do blend after a while. It's kind of crazy. We're like, okay, I remember. Like, I, it, and even the ones where I remember the port, I'm like, which crew, what Newport. year? Like, it's hard because. Newport. Newport? That's in Newport. L, down in LA. No, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. But that's. And it was the best decision I ever made. It was the most most impulsive decision I have ever made to just pause my life, pause everything, pause my friendships, pause my relationships, big old fat pause button, leave it all behind, fresh start on a boat. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen that happen. I mean, we've had, I remember we, we had, and this isn't just once or twice, this is like several times where... We would get people that came from a desk job or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and I mean they had their whole little life kind of, and I say little in the sense that it, it was kind of little, obviously in hindsight because they had it all lined up mm-hmm. and they get on the boat and like literally, <laughs> one gal who, you know, we always ask like, oh, so, you know, what, what do you think of us? You know, the first day, how how to go? And, and this this one, I remember one lady saying, you know, I want to sell my apartment and my car. And just quit my job and do this, and she yeah. did. She she like she did her two weeks and then left and took care of business, got rid of everything, yep. and sailed for years. It was just like, and it was that powerful. It was, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, you know. And then now and, and now she's back. And now she's back doing. You know, I don't think the grind. I mean, you, you don't go back to the grind. I don't think anybody no. does. But but it was like it was something just to to get like you said. This doesn't exist anymore. <sighs> But it does, <laughs> and it does. I just didn't yeah, know and, it. and I didn't know either. I mean, yeah. that's, that was my story too. But but yeah, once I found it, because I remember my dad saying, "Oh yeah, you know, you'll you'll get a real job at some point." And, you know, like oh, enjoy this these two weeks because that's yeah. all you're gonna get. And and the crew, boy, they like I remember Rob Miser, who was the mate. Oh, Rob, when we were there, you know. So you met Kevin, you met Rob. Yep. You remember Rob? Rob's, sure Rob's California. And I mean, like I remember sitting there with, with the captain and the mate. It's kind of like big deal. Like they're oh, yeah. they care. You know, it's, a, it's like, <laughs> oh, am I in trouble? No, don't, don't. Johan, we like you. And I was oh, I like you guys too. You know, like poo. <laughs> and they're like, no, Johan, <laughs> you don't understand. Like we want you to stay. And I was like, well, that's that's lovely, but uh, you know, I, I I won't get paid. I won't really have work. Well, we'll make you the person. Like the person, like the person we had was leaving. It was Swab. You know, he was leaving. Yeah. Swab was hilarious. Oh, Holy swab. crap! Got stories about Swab. <laughs> anyway, so Swab was leaving. Like we'll make you purser. I'm like, and I still was like shuffling my feet. Like, yeah, I don't know. And finally, Rob is who's Californian. He's like, dude, <laughs> dude, do you have a real job at home? It's like. No, no. I don't. <laughs> that was it. And so, so I remember, like years later, when I was still on tall ships, and, and you know, captain's license, the whole thing. Yeah. And at one point, he's like, "Dude, you got a real job yet?" <laughs> but yeah, still looking. I guess still looking. Yeah. But yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how, like you said, impulsive, but 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 any regrets? I don't know. Zero, absolutely zero. And actually, like. I look back at that time and I I got into some really unhealthy habits. I was struggling with an internet addiction that I didn't realize I had until I didn't have it and was struggling with depression. I was in an unhealthy relationship that I did not know how to get out of. 
And so having that cut was really just the best for me. And so then I got to build the me that I wanted to be and, and my truest self, like my truer, optimistic, happy, interpersonal, connected self. And that gave me the strength then to come back and deal with those things. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you remember, uh, the crew stood up against my ex at one point. What? Yeah, he tried to come down to the boats. I was, what? It was a real abusive relationship. We, He and I have settled things now, and he's in a much better place. Oh, good. Um, but at the time, he himself was dealing with some mental illness, and so it was a really mentally and emotionally abusive relationship. And I had used the excuse of like, oh, I'm out of service, and just shut my phone off to try to like cut and let it just die he found out that the boat was coming in to portland and so he showed up at the docks and he he called and said like i'm coming i'm coming to see you and we're gonna talk and i was i knew i wasn't strong enough to stand up against him and so i told newt and uh and he told topher and he told nick and i thought maybe he told you too and and the lot of them, uh, when he showed up, we were on deck coiling or whatnot, and he showed up and I saw him, and Topher said, get below decks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went below decks, and Nick and Newt and Topher and Shiny. Shiny for sure, yeah, I see Shiny definitely. For sure, yep, went marching up that dock, <laughs> and in no uncertain term, let him know I had no interest in seeing him or speaking to him, and that if they if he continued to attempt to contact me, that they would be visiting him, <laughs> and told him to leave. Wow, so, I think I would have remembered that, but yeah, man, that's that sounds like the family. Yeah, yeah. and that that was such a critical moment for me of feeling like. Oh my God, when, when I'm not strong enough, at that point in my life, I wasn't strong enough to face that and, and to, to handle that and to have my family, my ship family be there for me and, and stand up for me in that way was just like, oh my God, you guys, you're validating my decisions to do this, that this was a great idea. And then through that, I found the strength to then face that on my own and well it's crazy to think too because like i'm just trying to imagine being in your shoes and like because it's so hard if it had been your actual family your physical family like like there's all this baggage there's all 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 these things going on where had they stood up in that manner it may be a big brother would you know i don't know if you have a a big brother but but you you know so (laughs) maybe a big brother would get away with it but but like if your family stood up you might side with the boyfriend instead of the family whereas on the boat it's like it's just different like there's there's not i don't know it's much more it's much more straightforward (laughs) i think there's there's you know because yeah so that's interesting that some people probably would have been like Oh my God! You just scared away my boyfriend. But if if it had been the real family, yeah. But when it comes to your shipmates, yeah. that's entirely different. Like you know, there's no, you, 
yeah, it's it's somehow different, and it's I'm sure a psychologist could break it apart. I'm, obviously, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything, but yeah, um, I mean, God, I almost use those two terms uh, interchangeably, even though one has to deal with drugs and the other has to do with, with <laughs> whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I guess the point is um, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, I would also like to point out the boats are not. Like they can help a lot with people, oh. but dear God, if you're going through something really, really, really serious, yeah, a midlife crisis, yep, getting over drugs, like whatever <laughs> it is that's really serious, please not do not go into a tight environment <laughs> where people cannot escape your bull crap. Like, like yeah. you're not saying it's not bull. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to get some semblance of control in your life yeah. before you're like, okay, and now I'm gonna reset. Yeah. But uh, I, because we had a guy come on board who he had a midlife crisis. He was going through a midlife crisis. He was in his fifties. Yeah. And I mean, I'm used to drama. I'm used to, you know, young hormones. Like, like that's fine. I was genuinely concerned this guy was going to hurt himself. Oh no. And or others. Like it was serious. Yeah. And he just was very, very, very unstable. Um, and, and just didn't get it. Like I remember, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So finally, I sat him down because I was captain at the time, you know. So this is this is obviously many years later than when we're talking about your story. Uh, so I was captain, and I sat him down. And I'm like, "All right, this is what I see going on. You're scaring the crap out of." I didn't use polite words. I said, "You're scaring the crap out of everybody. You're yeah. scaring me. Like I'm yeah. locking my door at night, and I'm the captain. I'm the only one that gets a door. That and the mate." <laughs> Nobody else gets a door. Yeah. You know, so I'm locking my freaking door because of you and everybody else is scared. Like, what is going on? And I just let him talk. And he talked yep. for two hours. Wow. And just unloaded a lot of baggage, like oh, tons of baggage. And, and it's just everything. The wife, the, the job, the boss, the this and that. I mean, it was going down the list. And so finally, I got a breath, you know, let him breathe. I'm like, okay, well... Um, it, and, then, and then it was great because it sounds like, wait, who who recommended the boats for you? Oh, this captain guy. Okay, well, let's call him up. So I called up. He was a former captain, Lady Washington. And this guy gets on and, and we're talking. He's like, oh, yeah, and thanks so This is the captain talking. He's like, yeah, thanks so much. You guys really got me through my cocaine problem. I'm like, whoa, okay, everything all of a sudden makes sense. Okay. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. Okay, okay. So, so yeah. I'm like, thank you, sir. Click, click phone. Okay, all right, here we go. Yep. Now, so I said to him, give me, who's your best boss? Like, in, in a perfect world, you, you know, magic wand, bing, here you go. You have the best boss in the world. What is that to you? Yeah. And he told me. Yeah. What his perfect boss was, the best boss that he could ever possibly imagine. I said, okay, for the next week and a half, because he only had a week and a half left. This is like three days in. I mean, that's how serious oh, it was. Like, man. most humans, you can survive two weeks with them, no problem. Yeah. Uh, I've only had one truly, truly, true. This kid was out. He he, he had no uh, motor control function. He, he had ADD in the yeah. extreme. Yeah. We had to get rid of him after a week because he was a danger to himself and others. Yeah. But this guy, three days. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the best boss you've ever had in your life. All those things you just said, that's me. Okay. You need to see it. You need to look for it. But it'll be there because I'm going to do that. In addition to that, because he'd been really speaking disparagingly of the crew in front of them and behind their backs. Oh, no. I said, in addition to that, all these young kids, they're your bosses too. This person's in charge of the bosunry. They're in charge of the rigging. Mm -hmm. This person's in charge of engineering. This person's in charge of the ed program. Yeah. You have not seen them yet because he'd only been there Saturday, Sunday. 
So oh. he hadn't actually, like, right Friday night. So he'd only seen, like, the battle sales. Yeah. He didn't see the end program a lot. He said, you're yeah. going to see them in the end programs. You're going to see them being the bosses. They're your bosses. And, and to this guy's credit, after that day, after that, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday when we actually did the end programs, uh, he did speak in front of the crew. He apologized. He said, oh, hey, excellent. I was I was wrong. Yep. Um, and you guys are awesome. And he just, he just like, mm. he went a little too long. Like, okay, okay, we're done. Okay. <laughs> no, but, but it was like, he, he made, he lasted the two weeks. Yeah. And I think it was a, definitely a benefit to him. It was, it was, I think in the long run, good for the crew, but, but man, it was touch and go there for a second. Yeah. So yeah, if you have serious problems, like boat's not the best, but if you need no. a change in your life, just, just to change things up, yep. just like, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Yes, the boats are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was just a moment of like, oh yeah. shit, my past found me and I wasn't quite ready for it yet. <laughs> Help! Well, I'm glad, glad your shipmates were there. Yeah. Yeah, the boys, they're crazy. Topher, oh. Topher, shiny and mute. I've never seen, yeah. like, the lost boys. talk about energy. Holy crap, it's crazy. <laughs> to, you know, now, yeah. now they're like... They grow, I mean, Shiny's a captain, yep. Newt's a doctor, Topher, if he's not the CEO of a major corporation, he yeah. probably should be. Right. And that's by choice that he didn't do that. But yeah. like he literally could have been CEO, I think, at age twenty. Like he was yeah. and he was the youngest of the bunch. Uh, you know, God, they're eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Shiny was the oldest at twenty. So yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But they would go out <laughs> and just party and drink and yeah. Come back. I remember because they wake me up at like six in the morning. Like, oh, the boys are back. And half hour sleep. And then they're up for like chores. No, they're up. Six thirty. We're good. Here we go. Like to they do it yet night after night after to night. Be young. I was, like, oh. was, was twenty six, so I had a lot more energy I do now. But I'm like, man, how do you guys do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was incredible. And they never. That was the thing. They never missed a day of work. Nope. They never complained. And that's all you had to do. Like, yeah. Don't miss your work. Don't complain. Don't don't screw up because you're too tired. Yeah, they never did. Mm-mm. So pretty awesome. Yeah, good times. Jeez. <laughs> well, so now I'm trying to piece all the the, the timeline together. So okay, yeah. so you came on sounds like right, or you visited before I, visited. I did, but you were definitely there for Moss Landing, right? Yeah. And that was my first contract with oh, Lady because I was in between actually joining the boat and visiting the boat. Yeah. I just drove like a fangirl and was visiting every Uh, almost every weekend i would drive to where she was spend the weekend friday saturday sunday come back to school monday go to school monday tuesday wednesday thursday drive up spend thursday friday saturday sunday so not to label you but you were a boat groupie i was such a groupie 100 percent groupie and i i stayed a groupie oh man uh (laughs) kevin is like when are you going to join the crew? And I'm like, I turned in my two week volunteer. I sent, I sent a check. I haven't heard anything. I called and left messages. So I'll just be a groupie until, and finally, was it Kevin? It might've been Kevin (laughs) who was like, I'm just signing you into articles. We're just, (laughs) we're done. done. We're done. Like you're here every weekend. It's going to be the captain. Like, (laughs) I'm just, I'll just tell them that we now have 18 instead of 17. Wow. <laughs> and so I, so I was. a good sized crew by that point. That's I, awesome. We were big. And I remember I was there when he was on the phone with them and, and he was confirming something and he's like, yep, yeah, we're up to 18 now or whatever it was. And there was a pause and he goes, 
No, no, you must have written it down wrong. We're definitely at 18. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me a thumbs up. I'm like, yes. Oh, that's great. Yep. Gosh, Kim. Yeah, he was, he was wonderful. <laughs> Boy, yeah. When I think back on the leadership, yeah, Kevin and Rob, really, ah, really Rob, solid leaders. Yeah. There were some, we had just some solid people on that boat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And not so solid people that somehow made it awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, by solid, is it, I don't know, everybody just clicked. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Really cool. Well, like, like, well, I do want to mention the Voxel um, parties. They yes. were so much fun fun oh my god and like not every boat can do that some mm -mm. boats you have a serious program some boats are you, you, the crew doesn't just stay on board you know but this yeah. is like you got a picture like this nomadic i mean the whole the whole thing was nomadic we we're thousands yeah. of miles from our home port you know yeah. like like it was it was it was so fascinating lady washington at that time and then later on the chieftain lady together uh, but certainly with lady it's just like this nomadic boat kind of going around around picking up people here and there it's it just but <laughs> but yeah they had we had these folksal parties and they were just like the rowdy like let's just dance and the lady washes folksal so you have eight bunks in there there's yep. eight bunks and there's a mast in the center and mm -hmm. I remember the place being 50 feet wide but it's only it's a, it's a small <laughs> it's area it's so tiny it's so tiny and, and it fits so many people and you would fit so many people <laughs> in one rack I forget what is the record we had in one rack oh man I remember everybody had to like take most of their clothes off to fit in this number <laughs> yeah. of people no, no that might have just been an excuse but I've I think, yeah, I think we definitely got down to, like, our underwear for sure. Was it 11, 13? I can't remember. It was a stupid number of people. It was you know. double digit. <laughs> Maybe it was 10, 10 oh or 11. Oh, my gosh. It was, I think it was 11. Oh, my God. Oh, we'll find out something. But, yeah, it was a stupid amount of humans yeah. all just, like, crammed into one bunk. I don't know how messed up people were by that point to come with that idea oh man but yeah we had these crazy parties and sing shanties and sing songs and, and do you, i'm do you oh. remember the pee party which one i mean i've been <laughs> to so many <laughs> that's true there's one i remember in particular where everyone was challenged to dress up as something pee related well, that became an annual event right yeah yeah that was the thing my first one though i remember Cookface, mm. sarah valentine put uh, frozen peas she like taped frozen peas to her shirt and to her pant legs and to her head that were out of the freezer uh, Newt and Topher had colored with a sharpie purple polka dots I remember that. all yes. over their body yes. <laughs> just painstakingly coloring each other <laughs> those two. Okay, turn around. You're back. Let me get you back. Oh, those two. I'm not surprised. Oh my god. No boundaries. No boundaries between no those boundaries. two. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't so I remember that costume. I don't remember my particular costume on that day. I do remember one pee party where Shiny came as a prick. <laughs> and he was just it was the funniest thing. He he was he was a preppy like like I, I don't even know, like, like, like a Ivy League, just arrogant, entitled prick. And he said, by the end of the night, he's like, I want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> and then I think it was that party where I went as a, 
I, I, I had gone to the Polar Express with my family. You know, my yeah. nieces were very little. They're like two, you know, four or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I had, a, I had the, the ticket from the Polar Express that I kept. Cute. And so I dressed in like some, like a pajama. Conductor. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, was, I was a paying passenger on the Polar Express. Ah! I was, <laughs> I was, and so I was dressed as, I had my, my pajamas on. Oh, my and my, God. My, I had my ticket and I wanted to see Santa Claus and I was very excited. <laughs> I remember uh, Connie. Connie was uh, she was one of the captains, and she went. She came as political incorrectness, which if, <laughs> if, if you know her politics, it's the polar opposite of that. So yeah. So she she was dressed as political incorrectness and was wearing I forget, I forget but but at one point I, I like went on a, a little kid's rant. I was like. But what if you you kill a polar bear and then you take his fur and then you kill a polar bear and then you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was so silly. But yeah, the pee party. Oh. So yeah, Newton Topher. They yeah. took their bunks. So they so <laughs> was it Topher? I think had the top bunk, if I remember. He because he had, he was the bosun. So he had the bigger bunk. No, Topher was the bosun. Newt was bosun's mate. Newt was bosun's mate. He had so the he lower was on bunk. Bottom. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> the the guys. They took the planking out of <laughs> Topher's bunk. Yeah. <laughs> it was so tough. I have a picture. They <laughs> took picture. the planking out of Topher's bunk, and I don't know where they put it. I mean, they must have put it in their, their puka, which is like the yeah. storage area underneath the bunks. And so <laughs> they had just Newt's mattress there, and Topher's mattress was on the sole, on the floor yes. of, yeah. of the forecastle. And they created the duplex. The duplex. And they traded off knights who would sleep in the damn duplex. So one of the guys would sleep on the floor. And the other would sleep in his duplex and all his overhead space. Do you remember when there were there was a war? Because you remember yes. that there were the curtains that yes. they'd hung across, and so they would stand in their duplex and and peek yes. over the curtain and shoot things and then duck down again. Oh my god, we came up with so much silliness, but I feel like that just happens. <laughs> in, in tight quarters, long hours, yeah. and like just creative, like almost childish silliness. But yeah, you know, because they had like the, the pulley system. You remember they read? I this, loved that pulley this system. This pulley system with like a pint size. It was like a two cup size yep. little bucket. Bucket. Yep. And a you had to make bucket. irky noises when it went by. Yep. And, and it was the most inefficient <laughs> system to get a message or anything across the forecastle. But they would just like, <laughs> put in like a little note and yep. across, and it would just go to the top bunk on the port side. And, and yeah. They're like, yeah. and they put something in. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> But man, yeah. I, I remember, like, for me, some people get weirded out because they're just not used to it, or, or, or they just, maybe they're not extroverts like us, but I just remember having the, when I finally, because, well, when I say finally, it was only like two nights I was in the main hold, but but when they when I got a bunk in the folks, so like, mm-hmm. it just sleeping there with seven other people, or more, depending on, you know, what, what happened. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, sleeping with, like, all your shipmates, it it just to me it felt natural mm-hmm. it felt really comforting like it's mm-hmm. like oh this is how our ancestors oh they just slept in a cave or like i always tell the little kids you know fourth grade it's like wait you all sleep on the boat together oh that's weird I'm like it's like having a slumber party with your friends every night yes. <laughs> you know they, just, they, they, they get it they get it, it real is. fast and it it's was. that cool yeah it really was so when yeah 
When mm. you got a good family, you got a good, good group of shipmates. It's mm-hmm. nothing better. Yeah, but yeah, we would have a difference. those crazy parties. Oh, oh, I almost forgot about the duplex, man. And you were, yeah, you remember. <laughs> oh. Well, there, so there was one night where I came. So we had one one lady or one young woman that was was gonna move into the folk song. I forget who it was now, but I came up with a song because we would sing shanties. And one thing you gotta understand, where what, and I get it. I mean. You know, folks like the melodies and they, they like the songs and the lyrics are interesting. And you know, you can kind of picture the sailors rubber out of sea. But when you get into tight quarters with people that know the choruses, you know, the chorus, and you're making up verses on the spot with mm-hmm. your shipmates, it is one of the funniest, most awesome things <laughs> in all the world. And the yeah. and the, the planks, rever- I mean, everything reverberates. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Like, like, you won't get the same effect in an outdoor concert. You won't get the no. same effect in a big room. You won't get, like, no. Like, you've yeah. got to be on a ship, in a forecastle, in tight quarters, mm-hmm. with, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's why humans sing forever. Like, mm-hmm. we've been always singing. But I came up with a song to the tune of New York Girls. Hey, you New York girls, can't you dance the polka? Uh, but this one, it was... Uh, Beware, young lady, past the 40. Because I guess uh, we, <laughs> a bunch of guys have bought 40s, and so they're all yeah. drinking. So beware, young lady, past the 40. Keep your forward bunk. Don't move it to the forecastle. <laughs> I and then, forgot about and that. And then I came up with verses for every bunk <laughs> in the forecastle. Myself included, I think. I think. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good like that. Pretty pretty good at making fun of myself. But oh. I, did, I did all the different bunks. And so... Shiny won't care. Shiny, shiny, he better not care. If he does, oh man! But but his verse was so funny. It was, uh, and, and when he mentioned his bunk, it reminded me. It was uh, in the port side forward upper rack is shiny bosun's mate. On his resume under skills, he wrote down looking great. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you and Newt, at that point in time, were yeah. were uh, sharing on occasion a bunk I believe mm-hmm. called the Rack of Shame if I remember correctly yeah, I don't remember what <laughs> and, and I might be missing up the time frame it's, it probably was this probably was a later like this might have been a little later I believe you I believe that it was I just can't remember why but I do remember was it was he yeah yeah well yeah because I went away I went away for a few months and then I you came did. back and then yeah and then I think that's when I did this song anyway but yeah, it was, uh, well, oh, what was it? What was it? It was, well, Newton, Jenny, share a rack. It's called the Rack of Shame. They frequent fornicating fun, but she always screams my name. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Which may give away our former relationship. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, but the best one, and unfortunately, I've, I, I do not... I do not trust... I, I have not gotten her okay for this information. So we're going to make up a name here. We're going to okay. just say... Say... Uh, what's a good name for a female um, that has two syllables? Oh, two syllables. I was like, Melissa. No. Uh, Cindy. Cindy. My, my mom's name. Cindy. Perfect. Cindy. All right. Your poor mother. Ooh. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I right. don't know her. She's I know cool. probably going to do this. All right. Well, so we'll just, we'll just use Cindy for... But so... Um, well, Cindy is the purser, but Johan is the ex. She's blind as a bat if it's true what they say about lack of frequent sex. 
Because <laughs> she was complaining about like, everybody's getting, everybody's getting laid to me. Rah, rah. Uh, it's a, I don't know how I came up with that. Like, blindness is a bad if it's true what they say about lack of frequent sex. You can't sing it slowly. It yeah. has to be like, blindness is a bad if it's true what they say about lack of frequent sex. <laughs> oh, man. That's... You were the so funny. best shanty writer yeah. I have ever met in my life. Well, you know what it was? It was well. So first of all, I didn't know. Like I thought everybody could do that. Nope. I didn't know that. I, th- I was like, <laughs> well, I just assume people don't sing a lot, and therefore mm. they don't make up verses all the time. So I just, I just assumed that. And then when I got on the boats, like, well, then of course, in what context? I mean, like if uh, a few Boy Scouts around the fire sing a couple songs, yeah, I can make up songs there, but but like in what other context are you, you're not making up verses like that in church, I can tell you that, right? right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's very formal, it's very, you know, and I get that, I do. Mm-hmm. But man, when we hopped on the boats, all of a sudden it's like, oh man, wait, not everybody can do this? And they love it? Like, yeah. just make up verses about people and they Super laugh and, it. oh man. <laughs> And like you know, when things would get bad or whatever, that's mm. like, like it was fun. It was fun to make up stuff. And like when things are getting kind of annoying, it, like bad stuff would happen. Like you get yeah. sick or people get injured or whatever. My, you just poke fun at it. To this day, the um, a happy day at sea is still my all time <laughs> favorite shanty, and I've sung it at shanty sings in Seattle. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. Funny. I'm like to my friend Johan. Captain Johan made this up. I will do my best to represent it well, and yeah. everyone loves it. Well, that song wrote itself. Were you there? Well, now I can't remember. <clears throat> Were you on the Bill of Rights when we took it from L.A. down to San Diego? I never got to sail the Bill of Rights. Okay, because I know, gosh, who was there? I, was it I, Sam? Was it Sam? I can't remember. But I, I want to say Natalie was there. I could be wrong. Um, did say, Sassafras? I don't recall. Or Marzipan? I know she hopped off. I don't for a recall. While. I, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to look at my own journals, but I do remember there was maybe it was Natalie. I can't recall. There, there were a it couple people. Natalie. It might have been Newt, and it might have been Nick. I honestly don't remember. But it was like a, a, there was a, a small group of us from Lady because they needed the extra hands to get Bill of Rights down Nick. there. Yeah, it might have been Nick. And I, I remember that trip because the prior transits had just been, for me, like, well, I mean, I was on Sacramento River initially. So it's like, oh, yeah. well, I've got this, like, I, I, you know, three weeks. I'm like, eh, I'm kind of getting this sailing thing down. Yeah. Like, I think I understand. And then you get out on the ocean and it's like, dear, like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, what are we doing out here? Yeah. Like, the boat was rocking. In my memory, it was 45 degrees. It couldn't have been that much. But it was a lot. Like, if you're not lot. used to it. Yeah. And and I'm just like, this is nuts. And then, like an idiot, I'm like, well, I need to find out if I get seasick or not. Well, I found out real quick. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. And I could still function. You know, I'd throw up and be okay for a few minutes, do my job, throw up again, be okay. Yeah. But after two days, like, you start Exhausting. getting really weak. But your abs are amazing. Oh, I was... <laughs> my, oh, yeah. If you have an even two days, your abs are ripped by that point. Yeah, you know, I remember all that Slavic, that first transit, Slavic worked. He, we had this Polish fisherman yeah. named Slavic who was just, he just, he just, the sicker everybody got, the harder he worked. And he did everything. He just, he cleaned everything. He did the, he was cooking meals. He was like, this, as each person dropped out, he did their job. And, huh. and I remember seeing him, he wouldn't even go to his rack to sleep. He like just passed out wherever he passed out and would wake up the instant he could and do more work. <laughs> and I was like, 
I want to work like that. Like, yeah. my goal is to be that guy. And I did at one point, one transit, which is probably a story for another time. But yeah. But yeah, so that first transit sucked. The second transit, I was horribly seasick. Get to Bill of Rights, which she's a scooter. Yeah. She's built differently than Lady. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she is. there's a different movement to scooters. I swear there is. And, and we headed out zero wind. So like this long period, two foot swell, if that, nothing. I mean, yeah. the glass calm, the boat's barely swaying side to side. I'm not seasick. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, oh, not every day is like a crazy storm where you're throwing up and life's miserable and all this. And they're like, wait a second. I'll bet there's some old sailor that hates days like that. And then, bam, the chorus, <laughs> the chorus wrote itself, like right there. And the rest of the verses took like 20 minutes. That was it. Like, like it was yeah. done. That song wrote itself. <laughs> happy day at sea. Happy day at sea. Yeah. God, I love that song. It's the only happy sea shanty in all the world. <laughs> I guess, I, well, hell, I mean, I might as well sing the chorus for folks. All right, here we go. So uh, it never goes well over audio recordings but the chorus goes the swells were a hundred feet high that day the wind strong enough to snap the stay the crew and the goat puking off the lee what a happy day at sea we'll leave it at that (laughs) spare the (laughs) listeners so good yeah so tell me what was you got a good seasick story oh yes the i remember the picture of you and newt Yep, it was that <laughs> oh, it was that, that, that trip. Let's hear the story. All right, <laughs> yeah. here we go. It was my first time being seasick. Uh we were doing the big transit from what was it NorCal up to Oregon? It was a big transit or was it SoCal up to the Bay Area? They're both pretty big. The one obviously further north is usually worse, usually. I, yeah. But not then always. It, I think it was the one... Point conception can suck sometimes. Yeah. I think it was the one further north. We knew we were heading into a storm. And, <sighs> and it was the sort of weather where we, we went out, we got beat up for like a day and a half, and... We were going backwards, <laughs> even with the engines on. Yeah, we were going backwards, and so Captain called it. We went back in, called the office. They were not pleased. Now, where'd but, you go in? Uh, we went back to where we were. Uh, oh, that San Francisco Bay Area or Eureka? No, it was further south. Um, tiny derelict. Uh, is that Half Moon Bay? Lost Landing? Maybe it was Half Moon Bay. Could have been Half Moon. I think, I think it might have been Half Moon. We ended up coming back to where we were. Thankfully, wow. that slip... And that's was... a short leg to San Francisco. That is not a long leg. If no. that's where... It wasn't Bodega Bay, which is north of San Francisco. No. Gosh, man. I There's wish, not much on I the west coast. I wish I had looked it up. Yeah. For, for the east coast folks that are listening in, in the U.S. or Europeans, like, you guys I'm got... So, the west coast of the United States is surprisingly remote. <laughs> like, like once you get out there, there, there's not a whole lot of lights. There's not a whole... Like, the mountains no. go straight into the ocean. You got Highway 1... And a couple little villages between a couple towns. I mean, that's it. Like, there's not a lot of places to tuck in. No. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You, you've got sometimes hundreds of miles where you're just like, you got no options. So, yeah. anyway, so so, we, it's int- so there aren't that many ports, but... No, we but, ended up having to go back. 
And yeah. so we went back as long as we could. We had already canceled days of programs. School kids had to be rescheduled. It was a hot mess. So finally, Captain's like, we've waited as long as we can. The storm's still out there, but it's not as bad as it was. Crescent City. Crescent City. <laughs> Thank you. Crescent wow. City. Crescent yeah, City, California. And that is, that's the very last freaking port you get in California before mm-hmm. you're, and, and, and that's it. You got nothing. You got nothing got until. Nothing until Eureka. What, is it, uh, well, no, Eureka's south of there. Oh. Is it not? Am I, or am I messing it up? I could be messing up my geography. No, you might be right. No, no, I should Ooh. know this. Wait, I, I want to say, yeah. It, no, it was Oregon. We were headed into Oregon. Right, that's Crescent, Crescent City. City. Crescent City. Yeah, because that's right on the border. Yeah. And then, and then it's and it's also the tsunami capital of the freaking West Coast. Like, like it, yeah. it's like a tsunami magnet. This yeah. poor town. Uh, yeah. Awesome town. Cool people. <laughs> Holy crap! They love their town. Their river is so clean. You can drink from it. It's like, well, they make so they claim. But but it's like they're really proud of their river, their nature, the yeah. fly traps that like eat. They have these plants that eat flies. Oh, nice! It's really cool. Yeah. Huge trees. Oh man! Like like uh, Return of the Jedi was was filmed there. Cool. Yeah, Endor. That's yeah. that's outside of Crescent City. Oh, wild! Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, that's really Go cool. Go back and visit. Anyway, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. right on the border. Gosh, it's got to be darn close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's north of Eureka. Yeah. So we were. Pretty yep. Sure. We were doing that northern slog. So we went out. A second time at this point <clears throat> crew rounds a little low like we were excited for transit but then we had to come back so we were feeling a bit defeated and so went back out again and again we were just getting beat up and uh, Corey uh, who was engineer at the time rigged up the the line and a sailor strainer on one side because the waves were coming up and washing okay, like jack line a jackline, yeah, yeah, over the, over the wow, deck. It's sailor strainers, that is serious. It it was some serious serious waters, and that is really so serious. she's like, if you are on deck, you are clipped in, cause yeah. you go over the side, we may not be able to come back for you. Like it, the weather was really rough, and so yeah. the, of course, I was seasick within the first twenty four hours, <laughs> and there's a. Fabulous picture of Newt and I. We were both vomiting over the lee, but we were still early in our our relationship with one another, and so we were hugging each other, holding each other <laughs> as we vomited over the lee. And somebody Aww. took a picture. <laughs> it's, it's pretty darn cute. Like it's a I'm cute not gonna picture. lie. Yeah, you guys yep. hunched over that really <laughs> together. It's... It's yeah, yeah. That's pretty special. (laughs) So we, uh, I woke up in the middle of oh that in that transit we also all had to sleep in our harnesses and clip ourselves to our bunks. Holy crap! Because the bunks it would buck and then you would get lifted up. The boat would shift underneath you, and then your your the boat would drop out from underneath you, and so. There were several times I found myself outside of my bunk or halfway out of my bunk where I'm like... And that's that's with a lee cloth, though? With the lee... Well, the the cloths weren't... Sec- oh, we did have the lee cloth secured. That's true. So I was, I was in the lee cloth. The first wow. time I didn't know to secure it, though. So I did end up out of the bunk that's at least dangerous. once. Yeah. So lee, lee cloths are like... 
they're they're like a, a heavy piece of canvas really that that you put on uh, you know, you kind of pull it up from under your bunk mm-hmm. and it acts like a wall essentially you tie it up yeah you know so so you you get an extra foot and a half or, or even two feet where, where it's just it just makes your your bunk into like a compartment so it's yeah. like an extra wall and I mean, definitely I, I probably I remember one time on a transit north same same thing we were headed out of San Francisco Bay um, and same things like like it, had I been captain we would not have gone out <laughs> but I wasn't in charge yeah I was deckhand Johan um, and we ended up going out twice but yeah the second time we went out it was even worse the first time we just held station for 24 hours and it was like what's the point yeah tucked into bodega bay so we made it a little ah, bit north yeah but then tucked in bodega bay just north of san francisco and um at night that's another whole story holy crap that's like that was a crazy that was a crazy time that was 2008 it was awesome Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best stories are the worst possible times you can right? imagine. But the second time we went out, it's like conditions were worse. Like the wind's higher, the swell's bigger, and we're going right into it face first. Yeah. Like, what do you think's going to happen? The last time, like, and, you know, it, you know, who do you blame? It's hard to say, but the captain was being browbeaten to, to go into this stuff. Yeah. Well, we went up going backwards two knots, you know, once we cool. got out there. That's cool. So, again, we had to go back. But in that time... I was in the forecastle, and the boat, I mean, it lurched, and I went, I, I flung up, and my back went up into the lee cloth. Oh, no. So I was sideways, 90 degrees, you oh. know, basically on the wall, yeah. essentially, but it was my lee cloth. Yeah. Um, had that lee cloth not been there, I would have flown across and broken my back on that mast. Yep. I guarantee you, because the mast goes right in the middle of ladies' forecastle. I yeah. guarantee you, I would have, I would have broken something, for yeah. sure. Probably my back. I probably would have been paralyzed, because... It was that big of a lurch. Mm-hmm. The bunk above me, the guy <laughs> had not put his lee cloth up. He wasn't no. in it. Okay. He wasn't in it, thank God. But all his crap in his bunk went flying across the folks. Oh, no. And these are the worst conditions I'd ever been in. And it was also the first time I tried the scopolamine patch, which is oh, the patch yeah, you put yeah. behind your ear. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the seasick medication that worked for me. So awesome. I didn't have any seasickness. So Great. I was in the worst conditions ever, 18, 20 foot swells, full four scale, like, like 45 knots sustained. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I love this. Fine. I've got energy. I can eat food. I can help. I can do all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that idiot. He had all this. So I was like, cleaned up his bunk, you know, <sighs> and I throw his crap in there, put up his lee cloth. I head out on deck and I look at, I look aft and, you know, him and, and I, I can't remember if he was a watch leader or not, but his whole group was up there wide-eyed <laughs> you know and i'm yeah. like hey guys how's it going they're like we dipped the main yard we dipped it we dipped it and, and it's just, <laughs> it's like, oh man like, like just like which which you got to be over 40 almost 45 degrees or more to do that which is pretty far yeah um, so like yeah it dipped in the freaking water i'm like no way and at one point i came out maybe i can't remember that was the point there a later point there where they were swinging, they were singing "Swing Low, Sweet Cherry," <laughs> just trying to keep like. But it was like that voice where you're singing, but you're at the edge of hysterics. Yeah, you know, so they're trying to like hold, hold and, it together. And, and I don't know what it is for me personally, like the being out at sea. Like, I mean, granted, those are the biggest conditions I've been in. So I've never been in a hurricane. I've never been in worse. Yeah, but I mean, literally, I felt zero. Fear, like, like I don't know what it was. It was, it, it, it and I, I, it's like something. 
something about the ocean, you're so small anyway. Mm-hmm. Like just part of me is just, I, I guess something in my brain just accepts it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, this isn't personal. Like humans, I get, I get pissed off because I'm like, why are you mad at me? Yeah. Like, why are you so angry at the world? Yeah. Like, like, like you can control that to some degree. At least you can control your emotions. And so I, I take it a little too personally. I've gotten better mm-hmm. since I'm, I'm older now than I was in my 20s, right? But, but it's like, you know, I always, it's like people would rile me up. And Mother Nature is like, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you going to do if I get washed overboard? Like, hopefully I get rescued. Like, I don't know. I just, I never took it personally. It's weird. Like, like it just never bothered me. Never got nervous. Never, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it ignorant? I, I, I don't know. To this day, I, I just flatlined when it came to that stuff. Yeah. You know, a little different when you're a captain in charge of the ship and doing a maneuver. But yeah. then again, that's on me, right? That's <clears throat> right. not, you know, but, but there again, Mother Nature, like I wasn't letting necessarily that affect me. It's more like, I got to make this decision. It's got to work. Yeah. You know, that's a little nerve wracking the first few times you do it, but mm-hmm. you get used to it. Yeah. I don't know. Never bought, have you ever been scared? You ever been scared out on the water where you're just like, geez, we may not actually make it back or, or maybe just simply like, gosh, this is really scary. <laughs> like climbing a loft. There are a few times a loft. There are a few times. That would scare me. Holy crap. Yeah. The first time climbing into the gallons. Yep. That was scary. That was scary. Underway. Yeah. Grounding point conception. My, my very first that time climbing a loft underway. Because I, I had only practiced at dock. And I was still convincing myself that I could do it. And then we were out underway. And the thing was moving. <laughs> and... And I'm I'm up there and I'm thinking, you knew it was going to be moving. Boats move on the water, but yeah, I someone told me it was probably Rob, like just just time it. It's all about timing. Wait, okay now, like yeah. that. There's a you know try not to go when it's the hardest. <laughs> Well, because the boat's swaying side to side. Because it's swaying so, side to side. So yeah, there, there are a... points, the higher up you go, the more likelihood you're going to look down and just see water instead of a, yep. a boat underneath you. Yep. <laughs> that, that and everything's moving. That's unsettling. <laughs> As in like flexing. and Yeah, the yep. yards are swaying side to side and crashing. And... Yeah, definitely underway yeah. on the very tops. That's, yeah. That is the most not cool. <laughs> And, and one thing people, because they're like, oh, well, you have a harness, you're clipped in. It's like, you're sort of clipped in. You're not clipped in for most of the climb. Yeah. You actually need, you need to be able to move. So, yeah. so you actually don't clip in. There's a... I clipped in. Well, no, the FedEx, yeah. I, for I, the FedEx, I, I clipped sure. in all, well, most of the time. But, <laughs> I, but, I ended up clipping in all the time. It meant yeah. that I paused and then everyone had to wait for me to unclip, clip into the FedEx, do the FedEx, unclip. Better, better than the alternative. That's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I should. I want to tell you the the seasick story. Oh. So, I got up to use the bathroom that night, and had managed my way up, got up, vomited, of course, and was headed down into the main hold. And you know, the hatch has the hinged portion of it that we close. During, when we're underway to water seal the main hatch. Is the forecastle hatch or the, the main hold? The main hold hatch. Oh, okay. The main yeah. hold has that sliding hatch 
which yes. is normally slid back and hinged open. Yes. But it was hinged closed to keep the water out. Right. So I had to hinge it up, and so I had timed it, you know, hinged it up because it's heavy. It's very heavy. <laughs> that was heavy, yes. Hinged it up, pushed it back, got in, water splashing up over the side. It's pouring down into the main. <laughs> I'm like, everybody's going to be mad at me. So I, I managed to slide it closed, flip it down. Ooh, finally. Go down, use the restroom. Well, now I have been down the maximum amount of time I can be <laughs> below decks, and I'm about to lose it. Oh. So And you don't I'm, want to puke in the head. And I super don't want to puke in the head. Yeah, so Engineers always warn you about that. Yep. Or anywhere else in <laughs> below decks. I don't want to puke anywhere below decks. And so I'm like, I just need to get up, up to the decks. I just need to get up to the decks. So I'm tripping all over the place. The boat is battering me this way and that. I slip on the stairs at least twice, get up there. I'm pulling the hatchback. I flip it open, met with a wave straight to the face. Awesome. Now I'm wet and very near vomiting. So I managed to scramble up off the side. I head for the rail and then realize you left the hatch open. So I turn around. I pull it closed because I am really, really milliseconds away from losing it all over the hatch. And then I'm going to have to clean it up. And I just want to go back to bed because I'm in my pajamas and I'm cold and I'm wet and I don't feel good. And I'm very hungry because I have vomited everything I've eaten in the last two days. And so I go to flip that hinged portion and the boat decides to help. It pitches really hard suddenly, and the hatch goes slam right down on my thumb. Ow. Oh. It is a pain unlike any I had felt for years <laughs> and years. I thought, I've broke my thumb. Mm. I have broke my thumb. But it was by now probably raining, and I decided, just get back into the bunk. Just... Just get back into the bunk. So I leaned over, vomited real quick. You always rally. Oh, so you right? did throw up. Okay. So okay. I did. So I did. Yep. So right. now I'm in throbbing pain. Had the mindset to quick vomit because you always feel better. You always rally after mm -hmm. you vomit. <clears throat> so I vomited. I rallied enough to get myself down into the bunk. That time I was bunking with Newt. I crawl in and I wake him up and I was like, I think I broke my thumb. <laughs> He's like, what? And I'm like, it hurts. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> I can't I can't even think straight. Like it hurts so, so bad. And sure enough, in just that short amount of time, the whole thing had turned purple and blue, and the skin had stretched to the fullest of its extent. I no longer had lines, creases on the knuckle of my thumb. The creases oh. were gone. Like, and I couldn't bend it oh. at all. It was just so Super incredibly swollen. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know what we can do. <laughs> like, just try to sleep it off. And I tried to sleep it off. I couldn't. He ended up, God bless, crawling out into the rainy storm to get me an ice pack, at least to get me through the night. But the the fingernail ended up turning black. Yeah. Uh, which worked out perfectly when I was doing the ed programs and describing the symptoms of scurvy. 
<laughs> scurvy. Which, for oh. those that don't realize, scurvy is often characterized by uh, losing your teeth and by, with, by the blackening and falling out of your fingernails before you succumb to death. So, uh, as I would describe these symptoms to the kids, inevitably one of them would look down and go, <gasps> Do you have scurvy? <laughs> nice. I'd say, well, you know, we live here on board. It's not always easy to get access to vitamin C. Like, you can't, you can just go to the store, but look around, there's no store here. I only, I only feel bad, a little bit bad about those lies. Uh, one day, a teacher came back to the ship with a box full of oranges. <laughs> she said, my kids found out that one of your sailors has scurvy and they were so worried about her that I bought this for the crew. Oh. <laughs> and she delivered a box full of oranges. Yeah, you do have to be careful what you say to the public. You <laughs> it's, can, it's true. You can say anything and it's it's believed, yeah. uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. Yeah, so that was but. my my worst wow. seasick stories, losing my thumb. And it turns out hauling lines with no thumb is super hard. <sighs> Took like a month for it to feel better, so. Yeah. Uh, gosh, there was one time I was uh, I was on a, a tiny little like like I think it was a twenty eight footer, like mm -hmm. a little yacht, like a little uh, private yacht that we, we were taking. It was in Norway, mm -hmm. so we were taking for, for a. It was when I was on Draken. We were doing sea trials for the Draken, which is the the biggest Viking ship in the world. Oh yeah, I yeah. Doing and that. so so I did sea trials for a while. I was on the the weight crew, but they they paid me. It was great. It was probably. The, Best summer job I ever had in my whole life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sailed about a handful of times. I got paid a bunch of money, and then you know, time off. It was it was wonderful. And so on the time off, we were able to do this trip about a third of the way up of Norway because because uh, we ended up getting a you know in Norway you work two weeks on two weeks off, but then yeah. they had like this staggered kind of thing so where we got three solid weeks. Okay. So we we one of my friends, an old shipmate from the previous Viking ship, the Sea yeah. Stallion. She was like, hey, I got a friend who's, you know, I didn't have anything to do. I was like, I got a friend who's, you know, we're delivering a boat for her, essentially. You want to join? I'm like, heck yeah, sounds awesome. So I joined them uh, with my minimal, you know, at that time, pretty minimal small boat skills. And, uh, and a couple other people and then the, the young woman that owned it. But, but yeah, we were off Norway and most of the trip was sheltered. Like most of the trip, you go up with the fjords and they're actually very, very sheltered. Though so you gotta be careful of the winds because it'll it'll be blowing like on your starboard side and then instantly whoosh, it'll whip over mm. and be blown on your port side. Yeah. So you get knocked over very quickly. Like I yeah. never quite experienced anything like that. And it, and it can build up quickly without, you know, so you have to be very, very careful in the fjords when sailing. That said, it's super awesome. And mm. oh man, if I had a team of rowers, it'd be even better. But uh, anyway, it was a really cool time, great trip. But that first leg, we were out on the water, the ocean. It was, and it was a smaller boat, so it reacts differently. And and yeah. and the head, we had this little kind of portable potty john thing because yeah. the they didn't have a proper head at that time. And this toilet had flipped over. No. And it was disgusting. Yeah, it's in the middle. Just I'm like, uh, I, I'll go clean it up or I, whatever. I, however, it came to pass, I was cleaning up this mess. Well, I start feeling pretty seasick. And so my shipmate, 
and one of the other ladies, they were they were out, you know, at the helm, mm-hmm. and so the head had fallen over. They knew about that, and then something in the rigging just like snapped, or I forget, well, one of the shrouds, like something significant, oh, where it's, no. or, or one of the the spreader. Anyway, something broke, and they're yeah. like, "Oh crap! Well, we're gonna have to fix that when we get to port." You know, but it was enough to stop sailing. Uh, and they're like. What's going to happen next? Well, right at that moment, I had lost it. I was about to puke. And it was that thing where, like, you puke and it's in your mouth. Yep. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and my cheeks fill up. But, like, you no. got you got two seconds. You got two seconds. Yep. And I'm just like, I'm getting out there. And so, so literally, this in Norwegian, they're saying, what's going to happen next? And I come out, big-eyed, big-cheeked, like, and then just, no. and, like, in her cup. Like, I... No. I I didn't make it to the side. I didn't make it to the side. I just threw up in. I threw up everywhere. I threw up all, all, all over the helm area, in her mug. It, like, it was just like, oh, man, I'm the worst sailor in the world right now. <laughs> it was so silly. It was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. too Puke, funny. part of the fun, honestly. It, right? It really is. You get I good abs, like you said. You get great abs. You do. God, you lose weight, man. I, <laughs> I almost forgot that that same seasick thumb-smashing transit was when we lost the, oh, no, what's the name of it? Off, off the bow, under... Uh, oh, the freaking boob kid? Boomkin. Yeah, you look at the boomkin the wrong way, it falls off. Yes. We, yeah, we of course lost, you lost the boomkin. We were doing, How many times did it lose the boomkin? Like, yep. probably fell off. Yeah. And it was Nick Williams who found it. Yeah. He was on He was on, right. uh, on Battle Watch. And so yeah. we had got hit with a particular wave, and he checked all the rigging and such, and he's like, we're missing a boomkin. and. Yeah. And he runs so, back and says, "Like we're missing a boom kid." So for folks that don't know, the boom oh, the boom kid <laughs> is like it's picture a, a kind of like a log. Picture like a, it's a beam that sticks out like walrus tusks on, mm-hmm. on either side, or like horns almost. Mm-hmm. They stick out the front of the boat, and all it's there for is to allow the block that's attached to the course, which is the big sail in the front of the boat, not the triangular sails. It's the big square sail. Uh, it gives it a better lead, essentially. Yeah. So without the boom kid, it'd be a little too close to the ship. You're, you're not going to be able to swing that sail around. You won't swing the yards around. It, it hinders everything on the boat. Um, and it's and actually, after sailing on a Viking ship, I can tell you, it, it's a throwback. So we had a, what was called a bados, which was yeah. a physical log that you took and you shoved into a hole on the like, if, for example, the port side of the boat, yeah. and that log ran out above the rail on the starboard side. Serving the same purpose, it it hikes that big square sail yep. outboard so you can get a better angle yeah. on the wind. So that's all the boomkin is. Uh, obviously, a boomkin is a permanent and evolved thing from this bottos, but but that's effectively what we were physically doing on the Viking ship every time with this heavy log. Oh. So anyway, little yeah. little interesting thing. Well, boomkin. So this this one yeah. was not meant to Very come fragile. out. It was meant to stay in mm. and and stay and it didn't and it blew my mind at the time that we could lose that large of a piece of the ship the, the <laughs> thing was what seven feet long were they that long yeah pretty long it know. was fairly long it's, it's, and it's, it's, yeah, yeah and and it was pretty fine. shocking because yeah then then all that gear was then the uh all the 
all the gear that had been attached to it was you know flapping about which was a problem so got that secured and uh at that time newt was bosun so mm. the missing boomkin was his problem <laughs> and for nights and nights he would have nightmares where he would just roll over and there's a boomkin the boom <laughs> I gotta fix the boomkin. The boomkin. You talked in his sleep. I he talked in his sleep. Did. Not the worst talker, but up there for sure. Yep. And That's at one funny. at one point, he woke up out of a dead sleep. He was sleep talking. Grabbed me, shook me, and he's like, "Jenny, I need the measurements of the boomkin." And I was like, "Dude, it's like two in the morning. Can't it wait till the morning?" And he's like, no, no, I need them. I need them now. I need the boomkin measurements. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay, I'll get them. And he's like, thank, thanks, and fell asleep immediately. <laughs> Has no memory of it. Of course. Of the course. next morning. It was like, you measure your own damn boomkin. That's funny. <laughs> Wake me up at 2 a.m. <laughs> so... What's what's one of the coolest things you've seen out at sea? So, or, or like the most amazing thing where you're just like, gosh, this is a memory. I wish everybody on land could experience this. I think it might be a tie between having dolphins ride our wake. That was pretty gosh dang magical. It was at night too. Yeah, and anyone who's had, which that's a fairly common experience among sailors is to have dolphins ride your wake. That's that's pretty magical. But I do think being on the yards when we sailed under the San Francisco Bridge, under the Golden Gate Bridge, mm. going up and being on the yards, that was, that was pretty special. Because I thought there are very few people who get to see the Golden Gate Bridge this way and very few get to be way up here <laughs> with such a great view. Yeah, just coming into that passage. Yeah. That was pretty special. Yeah, San Francisco Bay is incredible. Yeah. Were you there at night? I, I want to say it was 4th of July, but I could be wrong. It could have just been some sort of festival. It was Aberdeen, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it was at night with Chieftain and Lady. Mm -hmm. I was on Chieftain. For sure, because I remember we we fired off the guns, not at each other. It was like to start yeah. off a. You were there for that, okay? Yeah. So one thing folks got to realize. So we, we had these little cannons. They're called guns on ships. On land, they're called cannons, and we we do battle sails and stuff. And this was not a battle sail. Battle sails were awesome, by the way. You're, you're doing very close sail maneuvers. I, I got really good mm -hmm. at sailing close to another ship. Uh, under sail, no engines, and shooting at them. It was pretty epic. <laughs> but uh, but this in this case, we were doing salutes, but it was at night, and it was the first time I'd seen the guns fired at night. Yeah. And they really light up stuff. Like, like there's a lot of fire, fire, literal fire, coming out of those guns. Yeah. And I saw it, I remember seeing it from a loft, and being like, this is cool. Like, it looked <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Uh, see those guns get touched off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's really bright and really cool. Uh, but then I remember... So I'm wondering if you remember this, but but I remember we're, we're furling sail and it's at night. It's hard to see things, and you know there were new crew members and this and that. And I hear over on Lady Otis. I think Otis was mate or bosun. I can't remember which. 
but he's up on the sail and and, and he I, and he told me I guess he was trying to like explain like because the crew a lot of them didn't know the lines yet and all yeah. this kind of stuff and so at one point I guess he just got flustered and I hear this echoing over the the water it's like haul up on the sail quarter uppy thingy. <laughs> 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 it was just like, oh man, we were up there furly. It was like, oh, this is, that is funny. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I, were you there for that? I can't remember. I I probably was. Okay. I took the boat all the way up to Aberdeen that year in 2006. Oh, it's, it's just funny as hell. Oh like, man. Yeah. Do you remember when we put, um, were you there when we actually tested putting balls in them and firing the balls? to see how far an actual charge would go? That's never, ever happened on a tall ship. You're right. That's right. Never happened. We would never, ever do that out at sea. The Coast Guard wouldn't approve. Therefore, it has never happened. (laughs) How could I? Now, some other crew might have done that. So hypothetically speaking, (laughs) had another crew ever done such a thing, what might that have looked like, Jenny? Do you have any possible imagination uh, of what that might have looked like? It might have this looked... This is all hypothetical. Hypothetically, the crew would have definitely triangulated the distance and definitely would have ensured that the boat was not in monitored waters, far, far away from any possibility of putting anyone in danger. Yeah. So this hypothetical crew obviously would have been firing in the direction of Japan, oh, not yes. the United States Certainly territorial not. waters or land. Okay. No. no. Good. Uh, but had somehow figured out through the magic of math how far it actually did go before it would hit before it dropped and hit water, the distance wow. it went before it dropped and hit water. Uh, my what might such a distance have possibly been had <sighs> such a situation ever arisen I, in human I, history? I wish I could remember, but it was way further than anyone on that hypothetical crew thought it could go. These are pretty small guns, I am guessing, if they were used in that manner. Like one, one pounder, three pounders? Can't remember you. The deck guns uh, no, or the d- swivel? The, the deck guns. Deck guns. Yeah, so, the so one that pounders. Would, that would have, would have been a three-pounder, which, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a three-pound round shot. Three pound Interesting. Round shot. I believe, you know, don't quote me on this, but I believe our actual, like, the, the territory of the U.S. extends three miles out into water because that's how far historically the the naval guns could shoot when they determined those boundaries huh. is is my understanding of it interesting yeah so like yeah if you if you commit a crime three miles out even if it's on the water technically you can be tried just the same as if you're on land huh. uh, but maritime stuff gets really weird <laughs> you know once once you get 12 <laughs> miles out it's like okay well, once you get 200 out forget it international maritime law I mean, I always tell people it's like it's complex, convoluted, and mm. almost impossible to enforce. Like, like, yeah, I don't know. But uh, wow, okay, see, so yeah, interesting, interesting. I remember one time sailing. Gosh, what boat was I on? I can't remember now. We were oh no, it must have been, it could have been a lady. I can't remember chieftain, but we were we were sailing north. I was captain for sure. Um, 
and we had some old flares that had expired. Mm. So like, well, hey, what a great time to do. We were that's it. We were just south of Monterey Bay, so we were about to round round up, uh, passing Monterey. I don't think we went in there. I could be wrong. And it, anyway. We were definitely 100% just west of Monterey, but outside the bay, to the south of the bay. Yeah. And, um, and we had these old flares. So I'm like, hey, well, we'll just, I'll just give out a security and, you know, let people know we're, we're using some flares, but it's non-emergency. Mm-hmm. Nobody was around. Like, couldn't see a single boat. Yeah. Literally. It's daytime. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like... And, and I learned my lesson the hard because I get on the radio, give the security, da da da, and like, okay, guys, so this is a flare. So I start giving instruction on the flares, yeah. and I get a radio call from the Coast Guard, and like, this is, you know, Coast Guard, blah, blah, blah. like, it basically told me you can't do that. <laughs> so oh, I'm no. like, Are, really? <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> Understood. Um, like, what? I was just thinking, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's what's the problem? Like, yeah. there's, there's, I'm telling. This is why I'm telling you. Like, there's no emergency, but. Whatever. So I learned my lesson. Like, next time, make sure you have the flare in hand. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> All right, security scared. There we go. And then do it. <laughs> you know? Which I've never done. I've never done that. So I don't want to get in trouble from the Coast Guard. I know they have the best intentions. But, yes. but that one, I was like, what's, what's your act? Is, I mean, maybe they're following some regulation I don't know about. And, you know, fair enough. you got to follow the rules. you got to follow the rules. I get sure. that. Yeah. I totally get that. Yep. But if there was, there was no logic involved no. with the enforcement of that particular rule at that yeah. particular time, in my opinion. But, I, you yeah, know, who knows? Could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of international, Uh-oh. were you on board when we lost the anchor in Canada? No, but I heard this story. <laughs> I heard it from, from and, Otis. And I won't tell it again. Oh, my God. Well, no, no, no. no, 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 no. Hold on. Because, so, Newt, when Newton Tover, uh, Newton Tover, Newton, Otis, and I were, were recording mm-hmm. one of our, which, which will probably be a previous episode. Um, yeah, Otis described the most embarrassing day in West Coast <laughs> tall ship history. Yes. And he did describe that incident. But now let's yes. let's take this a layer. We're going to peel back that first layer. All right. So now, <laughs> folks, we're going one step further. Here we go. So what happened that day from your perspective, Jenny? Oh, just... What, what happened? The... Uh... See, and Otis probably remembers a lot more details. He than wasn't I on do. board, though. What? I believe he was. He said he was on Kai City, was he not? I think you're right. Yeah, I think so, he was. So Otis, Otis might remember the details, but that's because he is the most <laughs> is amazing, amazing storyteller you've ever heard. And yeah, the best <laughs> like if the details aren't there, ever. he's going to fill it in with something hilarious. <laughs> And, and you're and like no one will be mad. And you're just like, well, that's why I told him. he had some, yeah, was like he had some story of mine. He's like, oh my god, it's my favorite story ever, Johan. I'm like, and he's like describing it. I'm like, what that? Or, or I, I told the story. I say, well, yeah. oh yeah, that story. I told this this pretty humdrum tale. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's not how I tell it. <laughs> and then, you know, and then it's like, he tells this amazing story. I'm like, that's what happened. Yeah. It's like anyway. So I want to yeah. hear the real story. Though. What what happened? Oh, man. Well, and I'm starting to even get fuzzy on the details. Uh, I remember having some security issues because Newt and I had hopped off to visit his family in Port Townsend and then had gone up to Canada without the boat. Well, that became a problem to then get onto the boat because we didn't enter on the boat. And we couldn't, we had to get like 
special passage, and but we couldn't get to the boat to say, they have our passes, tell them to come Wait, up. Passes or passports? Uh, no, we had our passports, but they they had our um, security checks. Got it. And so we couldn't, that was its own problem. So, but all in all, the festival was a ton of fun. Uh, we go to leave and uh, why were we leaving in a hurry? Who even knows? We were leaving <laughs> in a hurry and oh, we had to swing by and uh, empty the uh, the gray water or the black water or something and okay. that was unplanned and so we ended up that affected our timing so we were in a hurry to to peace out so you're pumping out we were pumping water. out okay that you. makes sense yeah Sorry. i don't think you can actually discharge black water in the oh god no yeah. no no okay. we had yeah. to go yeah. to okay. a station and yeah actually pump out actually pump god. out that makes yes. sense yeah. yep and that was that takes time yeah. And so uh, we were in a bit of a hurry, and we ended up having to wait. We then lost our window to exit because other boats were then exiting, and so we needed to drop anchor and hang out for a second because we couldn't get back to where we were. We couldn't hang out at the pump station, and we couldn't get back to where we were, so we needed to just drop anchor where we were. And... Uh, we had hooked everything up, so we thought, <laughs> drop anchor, down it goes. And at that moment, about four of us looked and saw that the chain was not connected to the rope. And we're watching the chain pay, and we're standing there like, nope, don't do it. Don't do it, as it's pain and pain and pain. It's too late. There's nothing we can do. We just stood there and watched it pay out and go, whoop, right down the end. Captain Ron, right there. Like, nothing we could do. Yep. And so, at this point, there was a moment of like, ah, Captain, Captain of the Mate's like, rig the other one. Come on! And so then it was a mad scramble to bring the yard around, pick it up off the railing, rig it up, get it. We checked it four times. Okay, everything's these, these are the big ones? connected. Or, yeah, well, oh, or, we we had the two big ones and the little one. Yeah, you, you dropped the little one. Dropped the little one. Oh, so man. now okay, we so the to... little anchor is like two hundred pounds or something. It's it's so it's relatively small, yeah. but but also a heavy process. You got you you're. In an emergency, yeah, you could probably just force it over the side, but in reality, you want to lift it with a tackle that you got to rig mm -hmm. to yard arm. It's a fisherman anchor. It's this is a long process, folks. Long it's process. Not not easy. The Bowers, these are the, they were horrible, horrible. <laughs> uh, I was always told prior to becoming captain, and when I became captain, it's like they have no holding power, so they won't actually dig in. So they're just oh. decorative. That's what I was told. I don't really? know if it's true. I was also told they were 1,400 pounds each. That's not true. They were 700 pounds each because I weighed them when I got rid of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> they were way heavy. They were way they were high way on the rail. Yeah. Extremely heavy, very high up on the rail, next to useless. So I've been told by multiple captains. So just simply, 
yeah, I've, I got rid of them and replaced them with anchors that actually worked. That nice. were we had a 650 pound um, fisherman mm. that was solid. I mean, this was a that was the storm anchor, and then we kept the lunch hook. Yeah, um, and the boat rode better. Like everything about it was better. Nice. It, yeah. But these two anchors. So these are the anchors we're talking. So now you're talking about rigging up a very heavy anchor that yes. has questionable holding power, despite the fact that it weighs almost three times as much as the prior anchor that just got left overboard. Yes. And we're all frazzled and we're all feeling like we just, one, we lost an expensive piece of the boat and a part of the boat that we used and we lost it in international not international what we lost it in Canada <laughs> so we're like yeah if <laughs> there was a dunce cap uh, maybe the Coast Guard would be bringing that by and putting it on the top of the mast super did not because in Canada there is no like the US has a Coast Guard and and they're like they're their own thing and and my experience with them they've been generally pretty lovely and they're rule followers but you know, they're, they can be cool. Um, Canada doesn't have its own Coast Guard. It is just the, the, like, big national government. Mm -hmm. And it is, it so is the, the big boys. The Navy, like, okay. Yeah, what, whatever it is, there, there's no smaller, it is, yeah, the Navy that responds. And Which is a very small navy compared to the United States, but fair enough. But it <laughs> it seemed very big and scary. Got it. And so we did not want to have to tell the navy that we had <laughs> littered in their port, <laughs> but we had to. So we dropped anchor. We told them they were, of course, not pleased, um, and said something like. You know, well, you know, tell us exactly where, and the captain gave the coordinates. So, off we go to uh, to this other spot, not too far off, and we had anchored there to, I don't know why, but we had anchored a little further off. Um, the Coast Guard radios us the next morning, or not the Coast Guard, the Navy radios us the next morning, and we're like, oh, here comes the browbeating. <laughs> We need to see your vessel. Stay where you are. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so they show up, to my memory. They, they show up, and we're all repentant, heads low, bows bent. Just like, we're sorry, we're sorry. Give us the bill. We'll pay for whatever it is. They took the opportunity to give their dive crews a practice round and they recovered the anchor <laughs> and had attached had zip tied onto it a plaque that said property of the Canadian Navy <laughs> <laughs> we're like we deserve that yeah. that is fair so I think we also handed them a couple cases of beer as an extra thank you Aww. and they were very gracious about it but also very like don't ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so in that, in that Canadian way that you can be both serious and very gracious <laughs> and very kind. <laughs> so, God, yep. That's I can't believe we got it back. Oh, that's good. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, either that or it's rusting. No, 
God. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Uh, all right, well, I, Jenny, I, I, I want to wrap up soon, but I want to tell one last tale. Oh, yeah. One last story, because it was one of my most... It was just, a, it was a really neat moment for me. Yeah. So it involves you and Preston. Oh. And we were in Moss Landing. Preston. And Moss Landing is, if you look at Monterey Bay, you got Santa Cruz to the north of the bay, right? Mm-hmm. You got Monterey to the south. And then to the east, there's this little town. If you look on Google Maps, you'll see this place called Moss Landing. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant, ginormous, um, it's like a gas-powered or li- liquid gas-powered uh power plant there you can see it for miles when you're when you're coming to monterey bay it's a big landmark two big you know smokestacks going up or whatever steam stacks but um but then there's this tiny little marina there and it, we, we call it you know, moss landing it's like the place where yachts go to die i mean it just was <laughs> there were a lot of like kind of they mm-hmm. appear to be derelict boats on the docks and it was it was just this you know wonderful little throwback to you know 19 earlier time in america for sure yeah and uh, I loved it. I love Lost Landing. But I, I remember we must have had a sail off or the day off. I can't remember which, but it was you, me, and Preston. And Preston, mm. oh my gosh, one of my favorite shipmates. I was, I was best man at his wedding. Awesome guy. This Thai American guy. Love I will him. definitely interview Preston <laughs> at some Please. point because he is yes. so damn funny. <laughs> uh, uh, just the, one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, Infectious smile. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but but Preston, so it was you, me, and Preston. And I just remember, like, we walked out and walked down that long dock. We walked out on the beach and, and we just were hanging out on the beach and we watched our ship sail by, mm. <laughs> you know, Lady Washington. And, you know, yeah. when you watch a tall ship in the distance, like, you know, Bob's slowly up and down. It's, it's a really just under sail. It's like one of the most, you know, he's, there ain't, there's nothing better than that in all the world. And yeah, I just remember sitting there and you and Preston must have been talking and I was exhausted. I, I fell asleep, but I like fell asleep <laughs> in, your, in your lap. Like <laughs> you were, I just fell asleep to your melodic voice, just talking about stuff. I don't remember what, and just being like, I am so content right now. This is heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was cool. It was it's, very special. It's funny you mentioned that because when I think about what's the most romantic thing anyone has ever said to me uh it's something that you said to me oh still to this day the most romantic thing anyone has ever said to me uh at one point maybe it was then you like you looked up at me and out of the middle of nowhere you said your voice is like a song and I laughed and you're like, no, for real. It's like, <laughs> it's like melodic. I love just listening to it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> like, oh, well, I meant so it. so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant it. You know me, I can't lie. But well, you it, left me like a puddle of mush wow. <laughs> with that line, that one line. I'm like, whoa. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm glad I already had you at that point. Yeah, <laughs> a little guilty otherwise. Yeah, that, well, that was that moment. That was yep. glorious. Yeah. Well, I felt it. That was real. I, Poor me. I still well. think it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenny. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for, for this was fun. sharing these stories. Yeah. yeah love it. I, I'm sure there are errors in my memories, but... Hey, nah, it's all right. They're We're my sailors. memories. <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed to... 
flib things here and there, but no, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. This is kind of intimate conversation between <laughs> two old shipmates. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, anyway, hope you had a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely check out your local tall ship if you haven't already, man. If you live near a coastline, I guarantee you probably got a boat within driving distance. So go find that tall ship, find that maritime museum, uh, check it out. It might change your life. You never know. And uh, otherwise, hey, I got a kid's book or two, you know, Grace Captain of the World and its sequel, The Grace Captain of the World 2. Feel free to check that out. I think it's on Amazon or my website, gracecaptain.com. And yeah, hopefully we'll have a Patreon up at some point. So feel free to, to sponsor me there, support me there. It'd be greatly appreciated. And mostly I hope you folks just really enjoyed these stories and got a kick out of this. So thank you for listening. Uh, fair winds and following. See you.